What's up, you guys? It's Be Dangerous back again with another edition of Dangerous Sports Talk. Oh, man, I didn't want to wait too late to do a show, for real, for real, because I am trying to be more consistent for you guys. And you guys that keep running up the listens on the show, I thank you guys so very much for that. You guys don't know how much it means to me, because I do try to bring you guys the best content that I possibly can with my own unbiased thoughts and all the other good stuff, so... If you've been supporting Dangerous Sports Talk from the Podbean days before I even got on the radio, I thank you so much for your support. And with that being said, let's get into the show. So the Steelers made some moves. And they reported some deals yesterday. So you got Mason Cole, three-year, $15 million deal with $11 million within the first two years. Which is a lot of fucking money, okay? Then you got Chuck Okafor, a three-year, $29 million deal that will include $20.5 million in the first two years. So they're just making it rain over there. And I guess the biggest move that you could even say they did was the fact that they have a new quarterback in Pittsburgh. And his name is Mitchell Trubisky, a two-year, $14 million, $0.25 million deal. And then you got $27 million with incentives. Okay. We all know the Steelers need a quarterback. I completely understand that. However... When you have Dwayne Haskins, Mason Rudolph, and Trubisky as the Steelers' quarterback competition, that's a less than pleasing list, to say the least. Because I already knew that Mason Rudolph was not going to be the answer. And I also know that neither is Dwayne Haskins. And it's certainly not going to be Mitchell Trubisky. So, at some point in time, you got to cut your losses. Cut somebody who you think is the weakest link out of the three. And draft a decent quarterback. It's not like the listen. If anybody knows anything about the Steelers, you know that Pittsburgh knows how to fucking draft people. They'll pick somebody that you didn't even know existed in the draft. And then they posh him up, shine him up real nice. And suddenly he goes out there, he balls out, and he's a fucking star. So it's not like you guys don't know what the fuck you're doing at this point. Don't just rest on your laurels and keep these three in your quarterback slots and then lose your priorities when it comes to the draft because there are perfectly good quarterbacks out there, maybe an unknown that we don't even know about, who probably went to a smaller college, you know, and had dreams of making it big in the NFL. This could be that quarterback success story, and he could be the answer for your quarterback problems. But, I honestly don't expect the Steelers to figure out everything within the next couple of years or so, or the next year, because the Steelers just want to see what these guys have. And I've seen what Mason Rudolph has and Dwayne Haskins have had, and so far I am not impressed. Not one, not one little bit. Because you know what you're doing when you, when you draft people. So, just make the shit happen. Because... I've watched the Steelers have less than mediocre fucking seasons the last couple of years or so. And it hasn't been fun to watch. 
because they have decent players. They have good players. You just need a better offensive line. You need a quarterback. And you need better wide receivers because you need game changers. The last two game changers they had in the wide receiver position were fucking, of course, Antonio Brown and, hell, I would say running back, Le'Veon Bell. So when the Steelers let those two go, I was sad as fuck. Definitely sad. But with how AB has been handling shit, the Steelers really didn't lose anything because... Well, they probably foreseen a lot of different shit that we didn't. So, like, you know what? We're not even going to deal with this. So, we're just going to let him go and do his thing. And even though A.B. has had his troubles, he's been in and out of the league. He always manages to land on his feet, regardless of what fucking happens. Especially with that whole fiasco in Tampa Bay. He walks out of the game. Then he turns around. And hold on. He turns around and gets another deal elsewhere. And A.B. is still going to keep some money coming in. That's one thing that Antonio Brown is going to do. So for me to even hate on the dude and say, oh, he's crazy, he's this, he's that. Well, he has to have some type of smarts somewhere to keep his income coming. Whether it's the NFL money or not, Antonio Brown is going to make some shit shake for himself. But I'm getting off topic. Mason, oh, God. These guys are not the quarterback answer. So don't rest, rest on your laurels and believe that these guys will take the Steelers to better status. <sighs> Excuse me. Please do your homework on your quarterbacks and make something happen. That's all I ask the Roonies. That's literally all I ask the Roonies. <sighs> okay. Next topic. Yesterday. Well, actually, a couple of days before. I think one of my friends that inboxed me and told me that Scott Hall had three had three heart attacks and that he was on life support. Now, if you know anything about Scott Hall, not even just the Razor Ramon character, but know anything about what he went through in his life, you know that Scott Hall has been through his share of hell. And that's putting it nicely. He was involved in something that resulted in somebody's death years ago. And that shit haunted him for years. He had issues with alcoholism. He had issues during shows. Like even, like WCW even had, had a tasteless fucking, what was it? A skit that they did. Well, not even a skit, a storyline where, where Scott Hall was supposed to be drunk. And I thought that was in bad taste because he was really battling that shit for real. So, yeah, bad thing. But anyway, Scott ended up passing away yesterday. They took him off life support. And naturally, I'm saddened. Because I had literally just watched his documentary, like, not even a month ago. Because I wanted to see what it was like. Because I really didn't, I wanted to see it, but I'm like, okay, there's no way I'm going to be able to get the DVD and they had it on Peacock, so I sat here and I watched it. And it was a damn good documentary, and I was praying so hard. I was praying so hard for he would actually make it and pull through. And not even a month later, Scott passed. Anyone who was a 90s kid knows that I've loved wrestling. And if you watch wrestling, you know that Scott Hall was an integral part of our childhoods. 
especially being Razor Ramon. Then the jump over to WCW, which made him even more legendary with Mr. Kevin Nash. And I know Kevin Nash is hurting like hell right now because that was his buddy buddy. Like more than anybody else that knew him, more than Sean, more than Hunter, more than X-Pac, more than anybody in the clique. Kevin spent the most time with, with Scott Hall, professionally and personally. So my heart is with Big Sexy. So I'm praying for you, Kevin. But Scott Hall, he was definitely a fierce competitor. And I was just hoping that he would pull it off just one more time because he had been through so much stuff. But his body gave up, but he never gave up trying to live his life. And for that, I can commend what what Scott Hall had been through. If you guys don't know, please check out that documentary on Peacock. If you only knew half of what Scott Hall dealt with, you'll see that he never tried. He never stopped trying to live his life to the fullest and be happy. You know, because he had gotten sober the last couple of years of his life. And I was proud of him. I was definitely proud of him because everyone knew Scott to be a good guy. But when he was on alcohol, he was a completely different person. You know what I'm saying? So to see him overcome that and then get with DDP with the whole yoga thing. And he's getting his life back, getting his health back. Like, I was rooting for him so hard. But, yes, yeah, Scott will definitely be missed. And... My heart is with his friends, family, and fans. And probably when I get home from work, I'm going to watch some Razor Ramon matches myself. And I should have known it was too good to be true because I don't even know if I did a show about this shit. Tom Brady announced his retirement at the end of the NFL season. Not even a month later, Brady comes out of retirement. He's saying that his place is still on the field and not in the stands. Well, what the fuck was the point of you announcing your retirement in the first fucking place? Like, literally, what was the point of that? Because I'm like, I didn't know how to react. Because Tom Brady is not one of my favorite players in the NFL. He just isn't. He's like the twat of the NFL to me. But people were making a big deal about Tom Brady retiring. And for some reason, I didn't take it seriously. I really didn't take it seriously because I'm like, he might change his mind one day. Or I'm like, who knows? Who fucking knows? And sure the fuck enough, he comes out of retirement. So we're going to have another Brady year. Because I know people are like, well, God damn it. You said you retired. Stay fucking retired. But for his sake, I'm hoping that things go well. Because... <laughs> God forbid you come back and then things go completely south. Because the football guys will be damned if they shit on Brady in any way, shape, or form. So we'll just see what happens when the almighty Tom Brady comes out of retirement and more than likely re-signs with the fucking Bucks. We'll see. And I also forgot to talk about this because I didn't know where to start. But pretty much... Brittany Grimer is being detained because she had CBD oils for her vape overseas. And I'm like, I don't know how their laws are over there. But people, they're really acting like she had something worse. I'm like, CBD oils are pretty much weed vapes. Okay, I smoke those myself. 
So it's not like she's having like some completely illegal shit over there. And it's not like she is doing anything wrong. You know what I'm saying? So it must be a big deal over there. And all I want is for her to be brought home. And not a lot of people are talking about it. Because they see the women's game as a joke. Hell, they see women in sports in general as being some sort of joke. Which is why I go so hard. Because, yes, I know what gender I am. But I can talk anybody under the table in sports. If I'm given the opportunity to do so. And even though you might not like me, you will walk away respecting me. And I think the ladies have that same mentality. Because not a lot of people watch the women's sports like they used to. Hell, the first couple of years of the WNBA, people were actually watching it. I was watching a lot of games at the time. And I still got a lot of players that are legends now. Who were my favorite players at, at the moment back then. So, I just want them to bring her home. Get her out of there. Get her safely out of there. And... Not treat her like she's a criminal. Because CBD oils, hell, I need to get some more myself, are far from being the most serious drug out there. She could have had worse shit. Now, she would have had something like, let's say something like ecstasy pills or fucking mollies or like cocaine, like shit like that. Then yes, then yes, I can see why you would detain her. But this stuff is barely above a cigarette. Like, this is beyond fucking stupid to me. So, Brittany Grammer, Griner, I'm riding with you. Keep your guards up. Keep your head up. Keep your spirits up. I'm definitely praying for you. And, of course, I got to touch on these losing motherfuckers in Los Angeles. Because not only did they get their asses kicked and sunburned to a crisp, by 29 points to Phoenix, they also lost again last night to the Toronto Raptors. But he broke another personal record as usual. And the Lakers seem to get off to not even, I can't even say a slow start because you're pretty much dead for most of the fucking game. And Russell Westbrook was asked why they got the slow starts. He says he don't have an answer for it. However, be dangerous does. The Lakers get off the slow starts because they come in lazy as fuck. They come in with the utmost not not giving a fuck attitudes. Like pretty much your game plan is lay it low and spread it wide and let the team do whatever the fuck they want to. And I'm going to keep repeating myself because it seems like when I repeat myself, people will actually get what I'm trying to say. People always sit up here and tell me. How much losing would not happen like this ever again under the watchful eye of the king. And yet, we're here, sitting here under 500, like it was 2013 through 2018 again. And so many people will also tell me, but what about the ring he got y'all? If that ring could help the Lakers win, the Lakers wouldn't be under 500 and sucking the life out of every game they play. So honestly, they suck because they deserve to. This is what they signed up for. You knew what was going to happen when you signed him. 
and I we were told Laker fans were told to fall in line and accept him. But now the one now y'all the ones sitting with egg on your face because you're sitting there with an aging fucking player who will get you personal stats on a, any given night. But wins, that's just too much to ask for. Way too much to fucking ask for. With him having an on-off button, of course it's troubling. I've seen through this for years. But of course, whenever it comes to him, I never know what I'm talking about. And I'm just a hater. Until shit actually materializes. Then nobody has shit to say to me. Whatsoever. And honestly, the Lakers made their bets when they signed him to that contract. Now it was up to them to lay their asses in it. Because you had something that was already getting on the tracks. He came in there and fucked it up. And now you're looking for scraps and looking for a way to come back from this shit. You're probably going to end up trading Russell Westbrook away for a lesser player. You're more than likely going to trade AD away. And Lahim is probably going to fucking leave. So you know what? With all this shit here, shut everybody down for the fucking season. Because all you're going to do is suck all the cool and hot air out of the room. And you're going to be floating with no fucking gravity. And, like I said, I don't have no sympathy for teams that come out with lackluster effort every fucking night and then expect to be coddled. Fuck no. I don't coddle nobody. Maybe other fans might coddle you. But, like, (laughs) there ain't shit that any anti-fan can tell me that I don't already know. Because these motherfuckers deserve to lose. They deserve to get bitch slapped around like they used to. And honestly... I'm just enjoying the ride because ain't nobody going to tell me shit. And that's just some fucking period. And on that note, that wraps up another edition of Dangerous Sports Talk. I thank you guys so, so much for your constant support and your love for the show. I thank you guys for running up the listens on my show. And you guys are fucking awesome. My loyal listeners, I love you guys so very much. And I am out of here. Peace.